Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy Sunday. Hope you're all doing well. We have kind of a, kind of a slow, drippy weekend, it looks like. Got some rain going, got to get prepped for Monday, and then get prepped for the cons game, and the usual stuff, if you know what I mean. In this episode, I've got an interesting email from Mark Walring, and he asks pertinent questions uh, that new n- people new to the OSR usually ask, so I will try, I'll spend the episode answering this email I'm not quite in-depth, but in-depth as much as I can, anyway. He says, Hi, Glenn. Actually, he says, Hey, Glenn. My name is Mark, and I've been newly inducted listener for the past month. Congratulations. My experience with D&D started back in 2013 with a co-worker who introduced me to the hobbies. Since then, I've been an avid player, becoming one of, the, one of my primary hobbies. My first system was Pathfinder, or as... Uh, my group referenced to it as 3.75. Feel free to chastise me if you will. No, I ain't going to chastise you, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Never had experience with past editions other than 3E, and when the topic of 4D, 4E was brought up, it was a discussion of taboo and possible shunning, of which, after seeing how it's played, I can't imagine what Watsy was thinking. Well, that makes two of us. You know you did something wrong when even Chris Perkins refers to it not as 4E, but in his words, an earlier edition of D&D during a podcast. <laughs> in 2015, I decided to DM my first game with 5E for a first few months of hitting shelves. Overall, I found it, as did my group and most others from different local games groups, to be a good system. Now, mind you, up to this point, I've always been a player and never a DM. With this system, I found it easy to understand and execute. I would have been more prone to doing a 3E game, but having attempted it once, I found that from a DM's point of view, the game is number crunchy at high levels, and the feat system, though it added customization, it adds extra weight, not to mention all the extra book options are there in regards to choices. I'm a simple guy with simple needs. I think you can understand where I'm coming from. Every time I'd feel comfortable with it, a player would bring something new from a new book source I wasn't familiar with, at which point I'd spend hours reworking monsters and other key factors. It was a quick burnout for me, having to keep up with so much math orientation from abilities and creature size. It was agitation to the max. In short, three, as a player, I was enjo- I enjoy it being... You control one thing, but to run as a DM, I found that from levels 8 and up, I had, almo- I had to almost cheat to get creative to pose even a threat to my players who were walking powerhouses at this point. Believe me, that's not restricted to 3E. <laughs> However, I've decided after listening to you and other OSR groups that next to my 5E campaign I'm currently running, I would attempt to experience what the Grognards of you, your, did, and still do. I've chosen to run the Tower of Xenopus as a one-shot to get the feel using the Blue Home Journeyman rules. Good choice. 
I'm not an experienced DM, but I've had some success with my game so far with some other systems, such as Basic Fantasy and Castles and Crusades, both of which I can't praise enough as awesome systems. Most of my games in the past have not been able to finish, but have been valuable learning the ropes of do's and do nots. My main query to you is there is there a way or method to convert other editions, be it monsters or what have you, to the format of homes, basic, or AD&D 1 and 2? Also, do you have any tips that could help me with this one-shot test? Any insight is appreciated, and I will continue to follow you on both YouTube and Anchor. Thanks for the help, Glenn. And that's Mark Walring, and thank you for sending that in, Mark. You gave me some food for thought. Okay, let's take this by the numbers here. First of all, I'm not going to get you on you for doing Pathfinder or things like that because I've made mistakes. Too. I See, I can't really... I don't like Pathfinder. I don't like 3E anymore because, well, I've played it. I, I mean, I haven't played Pathfinder, but i played enough 3 and 3.5 in the day to know I don't like it. I mean, even I, you know, I went through that before I saw the light. And as far as 4E goes, you're pretty much on the money. In fact, 4E, I think, is probably one of the main contributing factors of the existence of the OSR. Because I know I looked at 4th edition and said, screw this, I've got books, I'm going to go back to the earlier editions, which is what I did. And then 5E came out and everybody loved it. Well, anyway, I'll tell you, you probably know about my 5E. I have a love-hate relationship with it, pretty much. Pretty much the way you did with trying to run a 3E game. Uh, 3E, to me, like I've always called it D&D for number crunchers. Because that's what it is. You're right about about somebody you know you get used to it and then somebody throws something in there because i like a simpler rule system as possible somebody else will throw in there that doesn't mean i like to like to try things experiment but i take it on a case-by-case basis but for the most part i still try and game the way i used to game back in the day which is why i like the older systems i can understand the 5e appeal but i think 5e also is burdened with what has come before now, I'm not I'm not surprised about you saying, oh, they bring something new and then I gotta redo the, everything. Well, that happened in 2E2, but 2E can be stripped down. 2E be, can be stripped down to 1E if you want. And I'm glad you mentioned Castles and Crusades. Now, Basic Fantasy, I like Basic Fantasy also. I've got all the books. I have yet to try it because I got too many damn systems to try right now. Uh, but I like it, it's good. They used to call it the Rosetta Stone of RPGs because it was very easy. But wait, let me back up. I'm talking Castles and Crusades, sorry. Now, Basic Fantasy is a great system. It's a great starter system, or anybody who wants to stay with the simple stuff, I'd recommend it. Castles and Crusades, I have a soft spot in my heart for Castles and Crusades because to me... Forget Pathfinder, that was the true successor to 3E. Because they actually took 3E and made it playable for me. They stripped out a lot of stuff, added one or two tweaks, and it is they used to, they used to call that the Rosetta Stone of RPGs. Not so much now, since 4 and 5E came out, because of the way they've... From 3 on, they've... Rad, I'm not going to say radically changed things, but they have like wholesale... Like, you know, they reverse the armor class, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. 
I've I've come to realize it as uh, actually has its good qualities, but adding all this stuff like feats, non-weapon proficiency, well, that's too easy. But you know, prestige classes and fiddly bits, and you know, and that's the problem with five E with me too because they they added that. And on top of that, that five E added the stuff like, oh, who's your friend? What you, what do you believe in? What and I understand why they're there. They're not for me, but I understand why they're there because they're trying to appeal to somebody who's never played a role-playing game before. It's They want it to be an intro thing. Somebody, one of, one of the creators said they wanted this to be the family D&D game, the one they put up in the closet with Monopoly and Sorry and Clue that they'll drag out for family game night. And I, I can appreciate that. And this is the kind of thing, it's basically they're teaching you how to role-play. Not only play the game, but how to role-play. Because they put in there, you know, who's your, who's your family? What's your value system? What's the thing? And as a old-school role-player, I don't need that. I will roll up a character and just name it and start playing it. And to me, in three sessions, okay, I'm down. I know what he's about. I know, you know, and I'll make up new stuff. You know, I'll come up with something of a background. But the third game. So I don't really need that. And that's just a bunch of stuff that I don't need, but it's there for them. Now, Castles and Crusades, like they said, they used to call the Rosetta Stone because it was very easy to adapt things from like basic first edition, second edition, even third edition. Although that took a little jiggering. But when you get to fourth and fifth edition, it kind of like, well, you got all this other stuff. See, I don't like a lot of a lot of. Like I said, I'm a simple man too. I don't like a lot of stuff in there. I can I can write up a monster line and give them some hit points. This is why I use graph paper so I can mark out the hit points. I can put a monster line there and give them the hit points and go. If they have special abilities, I will note say C book or something like that if I can put it in shorthand. If not. That's 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 the way I want to go. I don't want to have to sit there and stat out every single thing I need, as as in Pathfinder and Three E. It just it just drove me to the point of distraction. I couldn't run the game because I was shuffling too many papers. I was looking at too many things. There is no reason why every single NPC, every single monster, has to have six stats. They have to be statted and leveled. No, uh. Uh-uh. And when it comes to like five E, I'm not going to talk about four E. It's a non-issue to me. Five E, when you do stuff like every character and monster has a all these different actions they can do. Look, just tell me how many attacks they have, what the damage does in the attack, and if there's any special things I have to take into consideration. I don't have to worry about a second wind or a bonus attack or a a legendary attack, whatever the heck you call it. And I don't care what my friend Matt says. I still don't like DRs. I, I don't like... Is it DRs? I think every time I think of DR, I think damage damage reduction. Uh, but difficult DCs. I'm sorry, I don't like DCs because to me, when I DM, nine times out of ten, three things come out of my mouth. It's roll a hit, roll a damage, save, and it's like roll a hit at minus two, or roll to hit at plus three. I have my pluses and minuses in, in order. I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to come up with some arbitrary number of how difficult it is. No, you roll a stat. What I meant by three is like, 
what I meant by that is like, every, I always roll a hit. It's going to be roll a hit, roll a save, or make a stat roll. And that's it. And I will add pluses and minuses as the text tells me to or as I see fit. I don't need things like roll at advantage, roll at disadvantage, although I do like that idea. It just it doesn't give me enough playroom. And setting DCs, that's more work for me. I'm not doing it. I'd rather give you a plus or minus. I can look at it and go, okay, plus two type of thing. Now, converting. Okay, I've already talked a little bit about this now. Converting into back, reverse converting, actually. I would take castles and crusades and use that, but I have a better solution. And this is also, see, fourth and fifth, it also almost becomes an art and not a science because how will you have to, too many things you have to you have to take into consideration. What I would do is go to, say, Drive Through RPG and get a PDF of the ADD Rule Cyclopedia and the 1E Monster Manual and use those as a guide. Now, aside from that, the best Rosetta Stone for this would be Swords and Wizardry. The system that Frog God uses for Swords and Wizardry, I like. When they wrote it, Matt Finch wrote it, he based it on the original three books plus the supplements. And it's got stats. It's got a stat line you can use on monsters. It's got other things you can do there. And as far as armor class, you pick. You want to go ascending, it go. It shows you ascending. You want to go descending, It'll do both because they list both on all of their stuff. And if you can find it, I've got a hard copy, but there's also the PDF. I think the hard copy is out of print, but you can get a PDF, go to Frog God Games and get monstrosities in PDF at least. That will help you because that not only has... It has all the basic monsters in D&D, or in Swords of Wizardry, which is a clone of one of the versions of D&D. But it will also throw in a few, a lot of extra different monsters in there. So you'll have those to work with. I'd use those for, say, monsters. What else? Let's see. Don't worry about... Don't worry about being fully prepped. And what I mean by that is prep as much as you can. And whatever doesn't convert, learn to eyeball it. Learn to... I've been in, I've been in it since 81. And I've learned... I haven't DM'd. I've played a lot. I've DM'd a lot. I'm getting a lot more experience DMing than I ever have now in the last, like, 10 years. But what I've learned is here's... Get your systems down. Get your system down. And also, if you've ever heard the, my previous episodes, you know I'm big on benchmarks. Figure out what the average Joe's stats are. Figure out what an average fighter's stats are. Figure out what an average bard's stats are, whatever. And just go from there. That's how you could... This, is, this makes it very easy to ad-lib behind the screen. If you have benchmarks, say print out... A, say make all these things. Say everybody has an average stat of this. The six stats. Say they have an average. Um, I believe 
like in regular D&D, like first edition. So you have three to 18. So that would, you'd think that would make nine. I would give it a little more. Nine would be the standard for a stat. I would give it a little more because I would look at the charts and find out where the breakpoint is. What I mean is, say you're looking in Rule Cyclopedia, so you're dealing with racist class, but that's another story. And you look at the bonuses and minuses you get for having a certain number of stats. Certain way. Find which stat, and it's probably going to be the same stat through the whole thing, gives you zero, gives them nothing. And use that as the average. That's the average right there. Also, make sure you have all your monsters written down. And what I mean by monsters written down, I'm just this is just pick out pick, when you prep, you pick out your monsters. But you'll also have if you're any kind of you know, I'm not saying any kind of smart because you are smart. I'm assuming you're smart. Yes, you're smart. You will have. Your uh, random encounter tables. If the module comes with random encounter tables, beautiful. Half your work's done right there. But if you're doing your own thing, find out what the random encounters are. Make your own table if you have to. But whatever, whatever version you're using, they all have random and random, uh, random encounter tables for different terrains or dungeon levels or whatever. And if you get a copy of Monster Manual 2 from 1st Edition, it shows you in the front how to make a random encounter table. It, it's got a, it shows you right there. They've got an article in there how to make random encounter tables. And I, I forget if it was in the front or the back, but it's in there. So that, that's pretty good. And I would take a piece of graph paper, write down a line with the following. Name, armor class number of attacks, damage, hit dice, hit dice, and special abilities. Oh, and movement too. Yes, movement. You got to know how, how fast they move or where they move or whatever. And if you're going to list special abilities, try and make it just one line. Otherwise, put C-book. Because some, some of these monsters, like, try yeah, try and stat out a beholder that way. Good luck. And then take the gra- then I take the uh, boxes in the graph paper and outline how many boxes I need. I give them hit points, and then then I just during during play I just check them off. You know, I just check them off while they're while they're going, and then that's that's an easy that's a real easy way of doing <laughs> doing it. I love I love doing that, and and if you want to keep and then I throw them away afterwards, or you could keep them and just like say you got you stat it out. Oh, 25 zombies with hit points. You got the, the the stat, 25 zombies with hit points. You can even mark, I, I usually go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. You can even mark um, what kind of weapon they use on the other side if you want to. I don't do that. I don't do that at all. And when you put damage down, just just put the damage down. Put the damage down because... Because... It's just easier that way. You know, it doesn't matter if the skeleton's got a broadsword or a spear. It doesn't really matter in the long run. They do this much damage. If you want to put, like, damage 1d6 slash 1d4 for a different type of weapon, that's fine. I just I just run it, you know, I, I like to do stuff on the spur of the moment. 
And I keep it pretty fair, I think. I think I think I keep it pretty fair. Yeah. Oh, and remember I said put down hit dice and not hit points? You put those in the boxes below. The reason you put down hit dice is because, say, you're using undead or any other... Well, especially undead. Creatures... There are certain spells and things that affect creatures of certain hit die or less. So you've got to know how many hit dice they have. So so you can figure, say, the cleric... Cleric turned... I'm going to turn these ghouls. Okay, roll it. I did. So many hit dice worth of ghouls. You just go, okay, you get four of them turn away. You know, that's how you do it. Or some other, some other like, like say, sleep or something. For, like, okay, I'm going to put these lizard men to sleep. Boom, okay, you get so many... Okay, fine, good. That's why I put hit dice down, too. I used to think I didn't need it anyway until a couple, a couple of games that... You know, players, how many hit dice do you have? Uh, let me go look. And so, yeah, it just slows you down. To me, the less you have to look in the book, the better. So, and just, you know, relax, have fun, and don't be afraid. All these things I've given you are kind of prepped to ad-lib. Just have your notes. You can ad-lib with prep. Yes, you can ad-lib with prep. If you have your ducks in a row as far as like what the scenario is here's the monsters here's the npcs this is what happening this is the area this is what happening you can go off that i had an astonishing swordsman and sorcerer's hyperborea game a while back where they were on a boat uh it's based it's uh based on first edition and we they had an encounter where a couple of giant crabs climbed on the boat i didn't have any stats for giant crabs but i knew ex- i knew kind of what they could do so I just kind of ad-libbed it. I said they have this many hit dice, this many hit points in my head. Or I'm writing it down. They have two attacks, claw, claw. And the attacks do this much damage. And I averaged the damage based on the levels of the characters at the time. How much I think they can take. I'm not going to make something overpowerful. You know what I'm saying? But I... I base the attacks on okay at the time at the t- at this time they are seventh level, so seventh level character had an average of da, 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 da. okay I'll do a d6 plus two per claw. No problem. I rarely go over a d6. Maybe a d8 if it's really badass, or if the module says they are badass <laughs> and they give me that damage. So that's how I do it. So I hope those help, Mark. I really hope those help. And I'm going to go start my day. So, if you guys want to talk to me about this, that'd be fascinating. I'd love to talk about this. You can drop me an email like Mark did at oldmangrognard.gmail.com. Or, you can drop me a voicemail over at Anchor. And, as little as 99 cents a month, you can support this program. And, I'd appreciate it. And, once again, thank you, Jonathan and Oliver, for supporting me. I appreciate it. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm. And, I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. <laughs> <laughs>